What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We are a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me over on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. That is where you find all of our new content, whether it be podcasts on the written side, anything that we do put out baseball-related gets shared out through EthosFantasyBB. So make sure you guys click the follow button over there and check out SportsEthos.com. If you guys have not seen all the great stuff we have across all four major sports and beyond, there is gambling content, there is team coverage, there's DFS. We have it all, so make sure you guys are checking us out. That's sportsethos.com. Now today, we are wrapping up the week, and I am recording this one a couple days in advance because I am going to be, by the time you guys are hearing this, in Arizona at the first pitch conference that is put on by Baseball HQ. If you guys are hearing this now and you haven't already signed up, it's it's too late at this point for you, likely, considering you know you had to book off work and book hotels and flights and everything. But I really recommend you guys do come down for next year. I am sure that while you guys are listening to this, I am having a great time having a couple drinks, uh, talking with a bunch of different people in the fantasy world. It's a great time. It is really a great time. You see live games. There are events. There are live podcasts. There are panels. It's a lot of fun, so make sure you guys are able to come and check it out at least once. It's something you got to do at least once if you are a big baseball slash fantasy baseball fan. Today we're going to talk a little bit about some early ADP, and I've been referencing this on my position reviews. We have done three positions, catcher, third base, and shortstop, and we have referenced for the majority of players we've talked about where they are going in early drafts. Today I want to talk a little bit about that early part of the draft board. We're not going to get through the whole thing today. This will be a relatively shorter show. But I do want to talk a little bit about the way that the board is shaking up early on. A lot of things will change. Players will be traded. Players will sign. There will be contracts that will be signed by players, which will naturally raise their ADP because that's always the way it works. And there will be plenty of movement up and down for pretty much everybody we're talking about here. But there are some of you who draft early. There are some of you who are just degenerates who want to know what's going on in the fantasy baseball world at all times, like myself like the people that are in Arizona. So we're going to talk a little bit about the way the board is shaping up right now. Again, only five drafts, so do not read too, too much into this, but this is what we have to work with so far. Ronald Acuna Jr. has been taken first in all five drafts. Completely understandable. It it makes no sense to draft anybody besides Ronald Acuna at the number one spot, even if he doesn't finish as the number one overall player next season, which, I mean, it's very hard to finish number one overall in consecutive seasons. You do see examples of it. If you look at historical player raiders, it does happen. It's kind of rare. But that being said, you still take an Acuna first because there's no argument to be made that you should take anybody else, considering the power speed in that lineup. To go along with incredible batting average you're getting from Acuna, you can't really make a legit case for anybody else. So it's good to see that he is going number one in all of these drafts. Now, there have been three separate number two overall picks. Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, and Mookie Betts. Those are the guys that are going number two. Mookie Betts fell as low as nine in one draft. I don't know how, but if you're able to get Mookie Betts outside of that top three or four, you're looking really, really good. He should be going in that same group as the top as the top grouping. We talked about him the other day. What he does for you, not just production-wise, but versatility-wise, is huge. And it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter if you're talking about NFBC or Yahoo or whatever you're talking about at this point. It does slightly, I guess, depending on the exact settings in your league. But having somebody like Mookie that you can put in the outfield or second base is incredibly valuable. That production that he gives you is just <laughs> gravy. And, of course, that lineup is going to get better. Like, we, we, I mean, I've been essentially talking like Shohei Otani is a Dodger already. 
that lineup's going to be very scary. So taking Mookie at nine overall, anywhere after number one is acceptable for me, for Mookie. He shouldn't be falling past number five, though, I don't think. Corbin Carroll, he's going just after Mookie, Fernando Tatis, Kyle Tucker, Freddie Freeman. Those are the guys that have top 10 ADPs. There are currently eight of them that are being drafted in the top 10 pretty consistently. Freeman went 11th in one draft. Tatis went 10th. Tucker went 10th. But these are the guys that are going very, very high up, and there's no reason to doubt any of it. Tatis is the one where you have to project a little bit. These other guys just finished the season as top 10 fantasy players. Tatis did not. Tatis was in the 50s, I believe, not looking at rankings right now, but that's where he generally finished. And now we're trying to maybe project an Acuna-esque bounce back on him. I think that is, there's a good reason to believe in that kind of bounce back for Tatis, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's the number one overall player, but I think there is still some risk associated with taking him in this kind of range. I'm going to do it at least once. I'm going to have some Tatis, and to get Tatis, you're going to have to take him pretty high up. But is he any safer than Freddie Freeman, than Kyle Tucker, than Trey Turner? I don't know that he really is. I, I, I honestly don't know that I could say that taking Tatis where he's going is – the best call. I think that there is potential, there is potential for it to be an incredible call, that Tatis could end up being a number one player, but it's not like he's just coming off a season where he was a first rounder. He's coming off of a pretty down season. You know, we're expecting that power to come back now that he's been a year removed from the surgery, from a couple of surgeries. Will it for sure? That's anybody's guess. So I can't right now say with any degree of certainty that Tatis is going to be a top 10 player, a top 20 player, a top 30 player. He's one we really don't know. The upside is number one overall, but the downside we saw this year, even with some games missed, and we have to do we do have to factor that in to some degree. But he only missed twenty games, and he's still finishing where he's finishing, which was according to Yahoo, uh, just pulling it up here, and I'm having some grief given to me by the Yahoo app here. Uh, forgive me, guys. Fernando Tatis finished as the fifty eighth ranked player on the season. So you give him those twenty games, he plays an entire season. Let's say he finishes in the twenties or thirties, maybe. We're projecting a lot uh, to say that he's going to be a top five player, and I'm gonna, I'm going to buy into it. Like I said, I, I play in a lot of leagues. Not that I'm a volume player. But I'll play in eight or ten leagues. I'll have one or two Tatis shares, but I do think we have to acknowledge that there is risk in it taking him this early on. When a guy like Kyle Tucker, Freddie Freeman, specifically Freddie Freeman going after, I just don't get it. Freddie Freeman is somebody that should be probably going as a top three or four pick based on the consistency that we have. You know, the refrain that I spout out all the time is that you write it down in pen before the year. You pretty much know what you're getting. Whether it's the exact statistics or the fantasy dollar value you're going to get from Freddie Freeman, the consistency is absolutely absurd at this point. It always kind of has been, but he's almost gotten better as he's aged. He's stealing more bases now. He just had 131 runs, which was a career high. Ridiculous number. The batting average was 331, which was a career high over the course of a full season. It does not meet his 2020 MVP year where he batted 341, but it's hard to count that. This was arguably the best year of Freddie Freeman's career. If you look at WRC+, it is, outside of the short season, of course, 163 that he just put up at age 33. Now, this will be his age 34 season. Are we going to start to project some kind of downturn for him? I mean, there's no real reason to other than the fact that he is just getting a little bit older. If you look at the actual statistics he puts up, there is no downturn. In fact, like I just said, it was his best statistical year. So Freddie Freeman is probably a safer pick than Tatis going inside of that first round. I'll probably diversify and take both of them, assuming I'm picking in the middle in some drafts. And we got a draft that'll be starting on Saturday, and that will be the topic likely of Monday's show, where I'll go through the draft picks that we uh, that I did 
over the course of the weekend, and then we'll probably bring on some people who are involved in that draft. Frank Stample, Jenny Butler, Kevin Hastings, uh, some familiar folks that you guys know. We are going to be talking to them probably and breaking down what I who I pick, and we'll have to see. I think I'm picking... Actually, it just got sent out the email a couple days ago where I'm going to be picking in that draft, and I won't take too long if I can't find it, but... Oh, here it is. Here it is. So I'll be drafting eighth in that draft. If Freddie Freeman is still sitting there at eight. It's going to be pretty hard to pass him up considering what he does. Let's talk a little bit of pitching. We're getting into the first pitcher that is being taken off the board here, and that is Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider is going as the number 10 player overall. Number 7 is the or seven is the minimum pick. 15 is the maximum pick. So Spencer Strider, 15-team context, he's a first-round player. No two ways about it. He is a first-round player. Now, some people will say... We shouldn't take Spencer Strider in the first round. Why would we do that? You don't need to take pitchers in the first round. What they're doing isn't, you know, every single day. You only get them one every every five days anyway. Why would I bump up Spencer Strider? You're getting the guy who is going to lead Major League Baseball in strikeouts, barring any injuries or any crazy things. He's going to lead Major League Baseball in strikeouts. He did it this year incredibly handily. He had 281, number two strikeout guy in the bigs, was Kevin Gosman at 237. You're looking at almost 50 strikeouts of difference there. And you're talking no difference in innings. There's an extra inning and two-thirds for Strider. It is unmatched, his strikeout upside. He just coming, he's just coming off a season where he won 20 games. Will that repeat? I try to caution against people ever thinking that those kind of big seasons will repeat. We saw it with Julio Urias a couple times with massive win totals, and it does happen. I wouldn't expect 20, but he is pitching for the best team in baseball. The Braves are the best team in baseball. I, the, the playoffs do not, I, as stupid as it sounds, the playoffs do not determine to me who the best team in baseball is for fantasy purposes, especially because that would be ridiculous. You know, the Diamondbacks—they're not a better team than the Braves. They—they they had a better postseason run. They were better team in the month of October. They're not a better team overall. And Spencer Strider is still the guy pitching for the best team in baseball, who gives you the highest strikeout upside that there is. The ERA, yeah, it was a little bit higher than we would have wanted this year. He finished at three eight six. If you look at all of his pitching indicators, which are heavily influenced by strikeout numbers and strikeout rate. He should have probably had an ERA that was about three, if not a little bit lower. So you're looking at the guy that had the best metrics with the most strikeouts on the best team. I think it's pretty clear cut that Spencer Strider should be the number one pitcher taken. Now, Garrett Cole is going right in that same range. Number 12 pitcher, uh, number 12 player, excuse me, by ADP, the number two pitcher. His minimum pick is eight. His maximum pick is 14. I think you got to take Strider every single time there. I know they're going close. I know that Garrett Cole just finished up a season where he had a higher ranking. That doesn't really matter to me so much in this particular case. Sometimes they do. Sometimes you look at rankings and they will matter a lot. In the case of Garrett Cole, I don't know that I'm going to take into account, you know, the fact that he was ranked number 5 according to Yahoo, which is really good. It's I mean it's beyond really good. It's incredible. It's 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 an elite season from Garrett Cole and he's going to win his first Cy Young barring anything crazy. But the upside is just not there for him to have as good of a season as Strider does. The Yankees are not a great team. They're going to get better. I've talked about this over the last week or two on shows. They're going to be better. Are they going to be as good as the, a- as the Braves? There's no chance of that happening. The strikeout is not there. The upside is not there for Cole to have the same number of strikeouts. He is still a very good strikeout pitcher, 222. But it took him 209 innings to do it this year. So Garrett Cole... Actually, despite being you know the Cy Young favorite, he'll probably win the Cy Young. And having 
one of the better seasons of his career, probably, in terms of results. He had the lowest strikeout rate that he has had going back to 2017, when he was with the Pirates still. It's a long time since he's had a strikeout rate below 30%, let alone down at 27. So I don't want to say the bloom is off the rose or anything like that. Like He's still a great elite pitcher, and he deserves to be taken in the top three starters. But I don't think you can make the argument for him over Spencer Strider, as much as some people will try to do it this offseason. If anybody tries to tell you that Spencer Strider is not the number one pitcher, I'm going to not respect respectfully, because I know there are a lot of smart people in the industry. There will be varying opinions. I'm not going to take you as seriously if you don't have Strider as number one, because there is no reason to not have him as the number one pitcher, either for Dynasty or either or for redraft next year. Strider needs to be one. It doesn't matter if you're a Braves fan, a Jays fan, an Oakland Athletics fan, whoever it is making rankings, anything. There's no reason to put Cole above Strider. And now your people are going to rebut that and say, well, Cole just had a year where his ERA was 1.2 runs lower than Strider. Yes, he did. But Cole is also quite a bit older. He's, tre- he's trending in the wrong direction in terms of strikeout percentage, and he's also trending in the wrong direction in terms of his advanced metrics. His XERA was 348, his XFIP was 3.6, and his Sierra was 3.63. People do not like those metrics. Some of them, some of them, some people like the metrics, some people don't. Some people will say, well, it's not real, it's not what actually happened. It is kind of what actually happened, though. Those are the results that Garrett Cole should have gotten based on the way that he pitched. Uh, that was what his performance was this year, about a 3.6 ERA with a 27% strikeout rate, which is still incredibly good. It's still very good. But it's not the number one pitcher in baseball. As far as I'm concerned, he's probably number three in terms of where he should be ranked for fantasy behind Kevin Gosman and behind Spencer Strider. Kevin Gosman deserves to be in that range. Kevin Gosman deserves to be drafted in that same kind of range, and yet you're getting him in the 30s. For whatever reason, people still want to sleep on Kevin Gosman. We'll talk about him at a later date because we're just going to go kind of by grouping here of ADP, but he should be in that same exact tier as you're getting with Garrett Cole. Bryce Harper is going a little bit earlier than I thought he would. 13 is his ADP, minimum of 9, maximum of 18. I was initially putting together rankings, and I thought Bryce Harper would end up probably somewhere in my 20 kind of range, 20 to 30. I don't see why we need to take him in the first round. Again, I I think we're kind of projecting a little bit here. We know how good he can be. We know that Bryce Harper can give you first round value. But will he is the question. And this year... He was very solid, like he was really good, but we did not see the power the way that we usually do, and you're going to kind of expect that coming back from the injury that he was. We weren't going to see full power, but that is still a concern, right? You got 21 homers in 126 games. You got 11 steals, which is good. You got a 293 batting average, which is really good, and he's in a great lineup. There's a lot of positive factors here for Bryce Harper. He's also now... Just a first baseman. He does not have outfield eligibility, which I mean, it's been a little while since he has had it. Actually, let me just take a look at Yahoo. I'm not sure because Yahoo's eligibility is kind of different. He did, he did have it on Yahoo. But next year, you're looking at just first base. NFBC, you are looking at just first base as well. So the value in Bryce Harper for me is kind of taken away a little bit. Like part of the allure a little bit anyway was the fact that he was eligible in the outfield, which is a you know a, not a weak position. But it's a position where you have to fill the most players on your roster from. Five outfielders per team on a 15-team league, 75 outfielders. That's not even counting you know, utility players and guys on your bench. You're looking at probably 85 to 90 rostered outfielders in a standard NFBC league. The fact that he's only first base now at a position that is not deep, but definitely easier to fill, 
takes away some of the thrill for that um, for that kind of draft price for me. Tell me why he's going ahead of Jordan Alvarez. I don't think there's a good reason for it. Again, we're still talking about only a few drafts here, but Jordan Alvarez is going on average at pick 14 with his lowest pick being 12 and the highest being 18. Harper was taken as the ninth overall pick in one draft. I just don't see the upside when you're pushing guys up to that extent. I don't know. I, I He could do it. Like Bryce Harper could easily come back another year removed from the surgery and hit 40 bombs, and we know that lineup is incredible. But I don't want to really be projecting with my first-round pick. I want to kind of know what they're giving me. With a guy like Tatis, there are questions. With a guy like Bryce Harper, there are questions. I don't see as many questions with a Freddie Freeman, with a Kyle Tucker, with a Bobby Witt, with a Mookie Betts. Even with Jordan Alvarez, the health is the question, but the production, we know what we're getting from Jordan. I think that I think that Bryce Harper is probably being priced out a little bit too high uh, for my liking at this point. 13 overall by ADP. I just don't think that he is more. He's deserving of a first round ADP at this point. I think he should probably be pushed down into the second round. The other two guys who do have first round ADPs we haven't mentioned are Aaron Judge and Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez is really interesting. Jose Ramirez is product of his team, which I know a lot of people are, but he gave you a season that was very Jose Ramirez-like. We talked about this on the third base review. He was pretty much what you always expect from him. The thing that where he lacked was the counting stats. He lost a staggering 46 RBI from last year because the team was shit. Cleveland sucked, but Ramirez himself, he was within five homers of last year. He increased his stolen base total by eight. He was within three runs, and his batting average was increased by two points. Cut his strikeout rate a couple percentage, which is not huge generally, but when you're already coming from a place of only striking out 12% of the time, to get that down to 10 is huge. The skills are still there for Jose Ramirez. He's only 31, and yet we're getting him almost a full round later than last year. That's where I see a lot of value in getting Ramirez. If you can get him on the turn, like some people are going to be able to get Jose Ramirez in the second round. His max pick is 20. If you're able to pair him with somebody else in that end of the first round, whoever it is, to get him and somebody else in that kind of range is a great bargain. And a guy you could potentially pair him with is a guy that we're also haven't yet to talk about, and that's Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is the most powerful man in baseball. That much I don't even think is up for debate. The, th- the thing that is up for debate is the health and how healthy Aaron Judge is going to be. That's not something I can predict, but what we can look at and see the power that he has had over these last couple of years is unmatched. He had 37 homers this year in 106 games. He's obviously just a year removed from setting the American League record with 62. The power is crazy. The injury that caused him to miss most of the year was a freak injury at Dodger Stadium where he ran into the wall and broke his toe. I think it was a broken toe or it was a hairline fracture or something, whatever it was. It was a foot injury that was caused by a freak accident. So, Aaron Judge is another guy who was going in the first round. Now he's going still in the first round, but he's creeping into the second round in some cases, and that is where you find value. A guy who, by no fault of his own, is being drafted a round later when he probably shouldn't be, that's the kind of guy that I want to take where he is going because there is a lot of value in that pick. So that's kind of the first round for you in terms of what we're seeing right now. Again, there will be a lot of changes, so we will talk about this a lot. We're going to talk about ADP quite a bit. We are going to go do mock drafts throughout the offseason, and we're going to see where the board lies because it will it will lie to you, and I also meant that lies from another perspective, where the players are going. But it will also lie to you in the fact that you know certain players' ADPs, especially early on, will be very inflated by one person drafting a player very high up or one player 
you know, falling. Mookie Betts is going two or three or four in a lot of drafts, but because he has that max pick of nine, his ADP is 5.6. So it does fall a little bit. There are weird anomalies that happen when you are just looking at a small sample size. But I'm going to leave it there. I am going to leave it there, and you guys are going to go on and enjoy your weekend and not think about fantasy baseball this weekend so much. I will be because I, like I said, am at a fantasy baseball conference, so that will be my entire focus probably. And we will talk a little bit on Monday and a little bit next week, probably on Tuesday as well, about what happened at the First Pitch Arizona Conference. Make sure you guys are checking those posts out online. There will be podcasts that come out of it. There will be a lot of fun all around, so make sure you guys are checking us out. On social media, of course, that's JoeOrico99. Also at Ethos Fantasy BB and SportsEthos.com. For those of you who do not use social media, that is where you find all of our work. But until next week, guys, take care. Have a great night. 